three KBLU LP Logan, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is the Aggie Radio Sports Show with me, Jacob Nielsen, and alongside me, the sports editor of the Utah Statesman, Jake Ellis. Jake, how are we doing, my man, on this lovely rainy Monday? I love rain, man. This is a, such a pleasant afternoon. There is food trucks out by the Eccles building, so I'm just having quite a pleasant little evening for myself. How about you? Oh, you know, it's uh, got, got free dinner, mm-hmm. you know, just now from, from a thing. Not from that thing, but, but from another, another thing. thing. So yeah. free dinner is always good. I'm reading the story on the Statesman. Opens with a quote. It does open That's with a interesting. quote. That's interesting. You got a problem with that? <laughs> I, I don't have, I'm not saying anything about it. I'm just saying that's abnormal. I haven't read the story. Maybe it works. Okay. I don't know if that was the editor's choice or the writer's choice, and I'm not cr- criticizing anything. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just making a, a keen observation <laughs> is all. All right. All right. But, uh, no, I mean, I'm... What are you... Te- you're teasing a segment that we're going to talk about later today. Yeah, yeah. Right, the mental toll on college athletes, which is what this story is about. Yeah. I haven't read it yet, so, I mean, I'm, I don't have much to say about it. I just saw the first paragraph. But, you know, for... I would say for the end of April creeping up on graduation there's plenty of stuff to talk about yeah. in aggie sports and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna give it to y'all live here you know our hot takes our uh, our assumptions of things maybe some things that we have intel on most things we don't we just have assumptions but we do have a little bit of intel we you know there's a little bit of expertise here mixed in with a uh, a lot of our opinions that's that's how shenanigans that's how and little whatnot. little shenanigans so jake what uh what, what are we talking about first here um, well, there's uh, good news and bad news about the transfer portal and it giveth the and it taketh two away. Um, largest budget sports on campus. So, uh, you choose basketball or football first. What, what do you want to talk Ooh, about? Let's talk about some football. Okay. All right. Well, that's the one where there's plenty of news to talk about. I mean, it's been a while since we've done this show. Um, it's been even longer since we talked about two weeks pure sports on this show <laughs> we had a bit more of a fun episode last week and um so okay let's provide some some background context right so utah state football has had over 30 players enter the transfer portal in this offseason right i believe it's 32 last i checked um which includes a decent amount that entered in the last two weeks right Mm-hmm. And quite a few of those guys were, were starters on the defense, right? So, justifiably so, many fans were were freaking out. I mean, I was freaking out just a little bit. like, hey, what, you know, what's going on? What? Why are these guys leaving for greener pastures? And the man, Blake Anderson, uh, he, he gave us some insight into that. He, he didn't cut around any corners and went straight to the truth and um, I'm sure that's what you want to talk about is what Blake Anderson said after the spring showcase on Saturday. Yeah, no, definitely interesting comments for him, and we're going to get into that. The first thing I, I want to preface with is, and this is actually something that BA brought up on Saturday as well, but there's two different types of transfers. Yeah. There's transfers that are transferring down a step because they want to play, right? Mm-hmm. And they're buried in the depth chart, and so they transfer down and they move to a FCS program or to a lower-level G5 program. I guess there's not too many lower-level G5 programs. Nah, but Well, what I'll add in there is that um, of those 30-plus transfers, and not, and a lot of them haven't committed anywhere yet, sure. so uh, take this with a grain of salt, but I'm just going to point out that only two have transferred to FCS or lower program, 
and then one is transferred to a program that has just bumped up to FBS, Sam Houston, John Gentry transferred there. Yep. So in front of the show, John Gentry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine he would be. He's yeah, a good guy. He is a good guy. Yeah. Um so while that is true, that's only three that's only ten percent. Less than ten percent. Well, you know, so you just pulled out some math there and You're not a math I'm not major. a math major, <laughs> so I, that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, but w- what I do know is the amount of major contributors on last year's team that did transfer, and I mean, hefty amount, especially on the defensive end, 12 to 13 players-ish that started games last year for the defense have entered the transfer portal. And th- we knew this stuff, and we've talked about it, and everyone listening in has, has heard, obviously, that Byron Vaughn's left, and that A.J. Vaughn Pachon left, and that Daniel Greshik. Daniel Greshik, and, you know, the list goes on, but, you know, little bit more bleeding here in the recent weeks which uh which is disconcerting because you know the hope is okay the guys that wanted out that got the nil deals they got out now we got a new defensive coordinator in in joe coffin is that how you say his last name i think so they call him coach c so that's what i've been default coach a coach a and coach c that that keeps it that keeps it pretty easy why didn't they call coach bond to coach b (laughs) we could have gone coach a and then we could have gone from coach b to coach c yeah anyways Coach C's coming in, and, you know, I think the hope was, like, hey, like, the guys that made it through the winter here for the spring, they're going to stick around. Well, guess what happened? Winter never left. Never left in the atmosphere, and also never left in the football roster. Because plenty of dudes hopping on their their horses and headed to, to as you said, Jake, greener pastures. Most notably, I would say, AJ... Uh, Johnny Carter, yeah. AJ Carter, Kaleo Nevis, mm-hmm. starting. Uh, what, what was his position? Nickelback striker. striker. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious how they utilize that position under Coach C. Now, I think and they're they, they're saying they're going to go out more to a nickel. Mm. But I'm not. I don't get down in those weeds of the formations. Yeah, I, the reality is the nickel and the striker. It's it's pretty. It's, it's, it's very. It's pretty much the same position. Couple if, of if little tweaks being, on the roll. We're being realistic. Um, and then and then who was the who was the third one that transferred? Well, there was Bishop Davenport. Yeah, that, that's the, the other big one, I would say, is Bishop Davenport. And, and while he likely wasn't going to, you know, see significant playing time this next season under Cooper Legault and Levi Williams, it was, you know, for all sakes and purposes, a, a three-horse race during this offseason for that starting spot. I mean, Coach A has never been shy about, you know, holding a spot for someone. Everyone's always earned it during fall camp. Yeah, I, we, we also failed to mention Dom Tatum. Yeah. Who... Who, when Dom, Dominic Tatum is healthy, Dominic Tatum is a dog. He's a dog out there on the defensive field at safety. Um, I, For all intents and purposes, I would counter you and say that for all intents and purposes, Cooper Legault was going to be the starter. Oh, of course but, he was. But in terms of for all intents and purposes for maybe Coach Anderson, I don't really know what that phrase means. It's just kind of cool to say. <laughs> sure, there, it was a race. And, you know, Bishop Davenport – Somebody who started a game last year, right? Mm-hmm. And then he came in in the bowl game well, before he, Levi Williams did. And so, you know, this is a guy, as a freshman, he wasn't he wasn't a standout, I'd say. No. With, but, I mean. But he wasn't supposed to be a day but one. But he, he wasn't supposed to be. He was fresh out of high school. I mean, when he joined the team in spring camp last mm-hmm. year, he was one of those seniors that graduated early from high school. Yeah. Like he, I, I think he was barely 18. Yeah. And, and I mean, for how vanilla – the offense was last year and how much it struggled even with five-year starter Logan Bonner. Uh, that's 
not five-year starter, but five-year player Logan Bonner. Yeah. And then with Laga, you know, he was able to open it up a little bit with his dual threat, but it still still struggled, right? Mm-hmm. In that sense, Bishop Davenport did as best of a job as we could have expected from a from a true freshman. Well, he's right? a big, big reason that that team made a bowl game because they were about to lose in Fort Collins to Colorado State after Levi and Cooper went down. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he came in that game and uh, did just enough to they weren't the win. Utah State was trailing in that game when Bishop, Bishop Davenport went in. He scored a touchdown and led them into field goal range. And the defense held on for the rest of the way, but like that, it wasn't like a you know, hey, just stop the bleeding, eat up some clock while the defense holds Colorado State. Like they needed a score, and he delivered. It was too bad for uh, you know the Colorado State fans. By the time Bishop Davenport got out of the game in the second quarter, they were all gone. Yeah, Lots of the bars and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, that game was homecoming <laughs> night. Yeah, it Colorado was. State, Utah State. You were there. I wasn't there. That was the one. Man, you're, you sent some strays out to Rams fans. That in was a portal conversation. That was the one. <laughs> Um, the one game, that and the Hawaii game were the ones I was in attendance in person last year. Mm-hmm. That Colorado State game, though, at least from what I knew on TV, and I, you can back me up with your in-person yeah. analysis, decent crowd showed up for the homecoming. By the second quarter, everybody was gone. That was the weir- It was the weirdest vibe because that was a close game. Obviously, now their teams were having a great year. Yeah, Utah State better than Colorado State. But into the fourth quarter, that game was close, and it felt well, like the deadest atmosphere in the entire world, even though it was a close game. I mean, it was like, I think they said... In their top five best attended games in program history, and that a lot of that is because the new stadium is bigger than their old stadium, so they can fit more people. So the, the more recent games. Are that was a mistake, by the way, for them to build. They they should have they should have <laughs> well, the Colorado the High School uh, championship now because it, of that. And I mean, they're Colorado High School. They, they're not filling that place either. <laughs> they should have followed the recipe of Moby Dick Arena. Mm-hmm. Seven thousand people. When they have a half-decent team there, bro, they can fill that arena up. It can be okay. It's not Spectrum-level crazy. It's not Viejas-level crazy, but it's a decent atmosphere. They should have followed the same formula with their football stadium, make it a quaint 25, 30K. And what is it, 40,000? 40, it's like 35, 000? I think, yeah. 35? Okay. It's, it's oh, that's big. not quite as much as I thought, but like, it's, it's still, still really big. It's still expansive. Like, It's got to be, be one of the biggest guys. in the Mountain West. I mean, Let's be realistic. Because even even though UNLV obviously is, is much bigger, they they don't sell the the top two decks sure. when when they play at Allegiant Stadium. So it it becomes more of like a twenty thousand seat stadium. Side note of the side note, UNLV <laughs> should just go back to Sam Boyd. No, Sam Boyd <laughs> is a dump, but it is my dump. I love that place. Maybe just because I, I forgot you grew up in Las Vegas. I lived in Las Vegas for a little bit. <laughs> Great place, Sam Boyd Stadium. Excellent. They had this awesome deal with Raising Canes. I, I, we're not allowed to talk about <laughs> companies on air, so forget I said that. But free chicken, whenever someone scored a touchdown on UNLV on the kick return, one mm. of the UNLV games I went to, it happened. Wow. And it was my first time ever going to the said chicken place. Magic. And I've been hooked ever since. This is not a commercial. That's and magical, so, though. <laughs> very magical. So I love Sam Boyd Stadium. Um, but no, no, So it definitely... I feel like we got to climb back into what we were yeah, talking about. Yeah, let's talk about what Blake Anderson talked oh, okay, about. That's okay. uh, Let's get back on that. So we're talking about football transfers, all right, the portal. And Utah State has been hit pretty hard. Let's hear uh, what Blake Anderson thinks, why, you know, what why that happened. I can give you and, some. And not even think. Obviously, he, he knows it straight from the horse's mouth. So this all is right. what, why he says transfers are leaving. Okay, Blake Anderson on Saturday at the after the spring showcase, a quote, I can give you some insight. I don't think anybody's going to really like the answer. 
I mean, this is the new world of college football, and this is what legislators have created. It's not a Logan problem. This is a NCAA football problem, and it's not going back. Later, he said, whether they're a starter, role player, or just on the roster, there are people that can go out and get $3,000, $5,000, or $10,000 a month on collective money all across the country and still play the same game they've been playing here. And that's the nature of what college football has created. One final quote that he said. He said a whole lot of things. He it went said, on for like three minutes quote, or something. Though. We do not have a culture problem. This is a college football problem. And we're doing the best we can to figure out what the new college football is going to look like and keep a competitive football team. That's exactly what our staff is doing. But I love our culture. I love our locker room. It's a great group. And we're going to find a way to win with the group we've got. I, you're missing a crucial part of that quote, too, at the beginning. is He said, I believe it's whatever the fans think. Because there had been, the rumor mill had been churning and churning. And might as well have been a water mill on the flooding rivers of Bountiful and, and whatnot Yo, the from rumor, the snowpack. The rumor mill could have <laughs> filled the Great Salt Lake. It certainly could have. <laughs> and, um, and Anderson's never been afraid to, to talk out when he thinks that the fan base isn't being fair to his players. And I think he, he said the same thing uh, today. But, um, that you know, that's, that's big. It, it's kind of, I feel like people have been, have been saying, you know, it's NIL, it's NIL. Here is, you know, at least from what I have seen, one of the first head football coaches saying, yeah, it is NIL. Like, and, and it's not from a, from, a, from, a, excuse me, from a group of five schools saying that it's NIL that we're losing our players for because, yeah, there was some P5 drama in the South because they're just, you know, bidding over a couple thousand dollars between what they're paying each other, right? But, like, here was the big, like, hey, yeah, these big schools are taking our players because they can pay them. So my kind of my thought process on this is you, you look at what Blake Anderson said and my takeaway, you know, you gotta be critical about it. So you know you gotta you gotta say what did he say and kind of read into that. Because the reality is he was not gonna go into the scrum and say, you know what, guys, we have a culture problem. That's why my guys are leaving <laughs> That's the true. program. Yeah. He wouldn't say that, obviously. But if even if it were true, yeah. but what was so compelling about it is I don't think there was any elephant in the room that he ignored. Right. He even brought up NIL and acknowledged that the light of blue collective, which has recently been launched, doesn't have any funding in it. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, he, it almost feels like he touched all his bases for, so I, I mean, there could be more to the issue, but fr- from what I've heard from, from players in the past couple of months, that I've reached out to and talked to is it is an issue. One of them complained, not, o- not only is NIL an issue, but there's the amenities available to the students, to the student athletes. They, they see that they can get in other places. And I, Utah state actually has decent facilities for, for the, for the Mountain West, for a Mountain West program. But the problem is any guy that is contributing at Utah state as a starter could be a role player or even start somewhere else, right? And with the transfer portal and it's the wild, wild west, these guys are getting hit up by everybody. Their parents are getting hit up by everybody. And NAL or not, they can, they have all these different opportunities, right? So one player told me they don't like that there's no hot tub in the, in the training room at Utah State. That, that, that feels like a, 
a problem that isn't that big of a deal. But if you're a college football player that is dedicating all your time and you see this place is like, hey, come here. We have this and this and that. And there's no penalty to transfer. It's compelling, right? Add on a couple of bucks to that. It's, if not life-changing, it's dramatically altering your standard of quality of life for the time being. And so it's really, really hard to blame guys who leave Logan for better opportunities. On the flip side, I do think that some of them are being a little bit short-sighted. That's exactly what I was going to say here. Let me cut in for a second. Um, Is this almost like a a turn away from betting on yourself? Because you're not going to get drafted coming in, you know, in situational packages in, let's say, uh, a lower tier Big Twelve team or something, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna reach the NFL. So are you kind of admitting like, I don't have that talent level. I'm not gonna try and and build the film to up my draft stock like I'm just going to get my bag in college my NIL num- money and I'm going to find a place that I can enjoy my time playing football and get a degree um, because if you want to make the NFL you can do it at Utah State and obviously you can do it at those other schools but you're probably not going to start over you know the five-star prospect well there's no five-star prospects going to plays like BYU no but- no even even a forced, you know, I'm just saying. But that you know, and there's it, not many guys that have transferred up that are going to be critical day one starters in other programs, with a few exceptions. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to what you're saying. I think has legs with some players. For some, it doesn't. Like yeah, for Byron Vaughn's was so sought after. He just committed to, to Baylor. Mm-hmm. He will be a starter. Yeah, Daniel Greshik will probably be a starter at Cincinnati. AJ I would say AJ Vonbachon at BYU. Yeah, but when you look at when you look at guys that have left, like Tavion Coleman, who I he has other off the field issues that maybe played into it. But I, maybe that's not fair to to bring up. But you look at Nine Nine Davis a guy who's trying to been developing and have a role. You look at Kaleo Nevis. Yes, he was a starter. He wasn't an all-Mountain West guy. He's probably going to get looks somewhere. You look at Dom Tatum, a guy who's a really good player but has been injured. He's in a program that believes in him and has worked through him through all his injuries. These are guys who are not surefire power five starters or even surefire starters at other solid G5 programs, per se. And I mean... They're guys that are moving on and looking for better opportunities. And those are the ones that are kind of the head scratchers, you know? Maybe not the head scratchers because it's all the reasons that I laid out. But it's like, hey, we we know we've been here long enough. We can see, hey, there's something about developing in a program and sticking with it, sticking with it to the end. And also, A.J. Carter, he, he might be a guy that if he stays healthy, he could have some real snaps out of P5 school. But even with him, it's almost like, Dude, you could have been a staple on this defense. Maybe you're not making you're probably all Mountain West. This yeah, season. yeah, maybe you're not making immediate NIL cash right now. But like the the amount of snaps you're getting and the amount of looks you're getting and being one of the guys on defense, he, he he's not going to get a better opportunity. I mean, I didn't like some booster get him a horse or something for Cash Valley. <laughs> well, I can't confirm that, but I will say that 
he really did seem like a guy that was really buying into the culture of Cache Valley and doing things off the field, you know, getting involved in the community and, you know, the kinds of things that you can enjoy in Cache Valley, such as, you know, riding horses and, and I think he rode a bull, like tried to hang on to a bull. Well, I, <laughs> I saw a video of that. I, have you ever ridden a horse in the Cache Valley? Jay no, Calls? no, I've not. I, I haven't either. I mean, okay. yes, it is a farm <laughs> cowboy place, but you're, you don't go to college here and you're just riding horses. That's not a reality. Um, you certainly so, can, though. Yeah, There's yeah, a yeah. big old equine center down sure, on the for highway. For sure, for sure, for sure. So maybe we're being overly critical of these guys, but we're just kind of trying to keep it real of like, hey, there and, are and a lot nothing. of reasons to stay, but keep on their ear. And, hey, you can have a little bit of cash now. It's really, really convincing. And I mean, if I put myself in their guys' in those guys' shoes, say I'm a junior with two years of eligibility, I I would like to say I'd be loyal to the program. But if I'm, you know, struggling to the stipend that the university is giving me, I don't feel like it's enough to cover all my expenses. If I like my buddies want to go to the movie theater on Friday night and I'm like, I don't know if I have that cash. If Tulsa's calling me up and they're like, yo, we got 5k for it. I would, I would listen, you know, yeah. that, that's not money that's going to change your life. But just as a kid, as a teenager, as a 20 year old, it'll change cash. your life right now. It'll, it, it definitely yeah. will increase your quality of life. It's not going to long-term do anything. Right. You but, can tell me I can buy a new car mm-hmm. and get it, get the newest PlayStation and yeah. Take you my know, girl on dates. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, those, that, that money matters. Yeah. So, and whether you, you know, think it's right or wrong, I, I, I think we've been over, overly critical. I'd like to say, like, I, you know, these guys do a lot of hard work, and, and they bring in a lot of money to these schools, so they definitely should be getting a piece of that. I agree with that for sure. But like, but, well, like we're saying here, some of these moves just seem a little short-sighted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, I mean, Byron Bonds, it's not realistic that he was going to stay. No. But a lot of these other guys... I think you got a good thing going for you, Utah State. So that's that's just kind of our take. Um, let's take a break, and then the other side we'll uh, we'll talk something else. Hello, hello. Oh, hey, J.C. Caldwell, Utah Statesman News Manager here. You know, now that I have you, you should pick up a copy of The Statesman, USU student-run newspaper. A new issue comes out every Monday, and you can find them at almost any building on campus, or read online at usustatesman.com. You do want to know what's happening on campus and in Logan, don't you? Anyway, I gotta run and grab a copy of my own. See you later. Here's a happiness hack from USU's Healthy Relationships Utah Initiative. Did you know the way we view our stress can change how it affects us emotionally, mentally, and even physically? You can do this by focusing on things you have control over and letting go of things you cannot control. USU's Healthy Relationships Utah Initiative offers a variety of free community courses online and in person that help singles, couples, and parents. Looking for new ways to get involved, make new friends, and get professional experience? Aggie Radio has a place for you. Find out how you can get involved at our website, radio.usu.edu, and we'll see you there. You're listening to the Aggie Radio Sports Show on 92.3 KBLU LP Logan, presented by the Utah Statesman. 
I'm Jake Gillis. To my left here, Jacob Nielsen in the studio. We are talking all things Aggie sports. And let's switch gears here. Not necessarily topics, but subjects. So still transfer portal. But now let's go to the area where we're starting to see some bright spots for Utah State and the men's basketball transfer portal. So obviously the the biggest news is the, the big man from Idaho committing to Utah State. Uh, have any opinions on Nigel Burris? Well, I mean, I was kind of thinking we would talk about the the black spots. Oh well, kind what do you want to do? Let's talk some positivity first, and then we'll, I, okay, then we'll go. So, uh, We've been down some... in the dumps for the last twenty minutes. Yeah, I, well, I just <laughs> fell further in the dumps because I just checked the score of the Texas Rangers game that I was watching before I got in here. Shout out to Jeff <laughs> Hunter, his Cincinnati Reds got it done. You know, we were up six <laughs> four. Friend of the program, Jeff Hunter. Friend of the program. But here's the problem. The bottom of the eighth, the Rangers gave up two runs. The bottom of the ninth, they gave up one run. Lost on a walk-off to the, to the Reds. The Reds are 8 of 15. Mm. What are we doing? That's brutal. What are we doing? That's so, brutal. That is brutal. And, you know, I relied on our bullpen. I thought they were good. I still think they're good. But, you know, definitely, definitely a tough loss for the Rangers today. So I don't – I'm kind of just, like, dwelling in that misery. And so I want to just kind of lean into that and, and talk about losses. But let's talk about – our guy Nigel, right? Yeah. Well, what's his last name again? Burris, I believe is how Nigel you say Nigel Burris, yeah. Okay, so he was at Idaho, University of Idaho. A vandal. Obviously, he was a vandal. Obviously, same conference that Danny Sprinkle was in, so he was well familiar with his game. And he was a guy, he was, he's a big guy. He's a, he's a forward. He can also shoot the ball at an effective clip. He shot, what, 42% from three? 44. 44% yeah. from three. That's elite. So, I, Jake, what do you know about him? That's about all I know. He's a he's a good three point shooter. Um, he nece- he doesn't necessarily make uh, the shots, uh, or he's not a he doesn't make offense on the dribble. You know, he's more of a catch and shoot kind of guy. It's my understanding. So you know, Utah State will need a, a good point guard to utilize him effectively right now, and then will require some development to make uh, his his game a little more versatile in that way. But he's definitely a guy that can score. And he has the size to guard, um, you know, the, the kind of guys that play in the Mountain West. So I think it's a good pickup. And he's young. And Danny Sprinkle has shown he's capable of developing guys. You know, swept pretty much all the, the Big Sky Awards this last year. So, you know, he's shown that capability. What, what, what do you think of well, that? Well, so he, he didn't sweep. sweep well, he, so he got freshman of the year yeah. in the Big Sky, which, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. You get a freshman of the year in a conference to transfer to your school, you'll take that. Especially the Big Sky, it's not a multi-bid league, but you know there's decent programs in there. Um, I, I pulled up the stats. Well, it's you know. just so much potential. It's yeah, freshman it's of the year. It's, it's not true. a you know. Yeah. So yeah, like we said, he's a six-seven guy, and he was thirty-five of eighty-one from beyond the arc, which is a decent sa- sample size. I mean, that he took the third most threes of anyone on his team, and so that I mean that's 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 a strong. That's a strong display of his abilities. He was also... It's enough to stretch the floor. Yeah. you got to think about him in the corner. He was also 88% from the free throw line, which is really good. Um, and so this is a guy that I, I you would imagine he could be a functional uh, replacement for Taylor Funk. And anyway, he's not. He doesn't have nearly as much experience as Taylor Funk. And, you know, he wasn't playing as solid of a conference as Taylor Funk was in the A-10. Or but, as many minutes, I don't. Or think, as many but. minutes, but you know, you got to you got to think upside. This isn't a dude that the Aggies are gaining for one year and trying to get all 
everything they can out of him. This is a guy that they're going to need next year to produce, absolutely. But he still has three years of eligibility. So, so it's a big pickup for Danny. And it's also big because this is a guy, he, he had a lot of other offers. He had an offer from Washington State, which is right next door to Idaho. He had offers from, That's P5. I believe, Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of different mid-major programs. And so for, for Danny to get him and get him so quickly was, was a good sign for Utah State, something that they, they can build off. But I, I think they got a long ways to go if they want to have a team. And I know Danny is spending a lot of time, you know, trying to make it happen. And he's got a lot of offers to some of his Montana State players. We're going to see what happens with them. My advice to Danny Sprinkle, though, is <laughs> and he, he doesn't need my advice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, with, with your 40 years of college basketball experience, right? I tried giving like... Justin Bean advice once. Oh, yeah? Uh, what, what was that? Wait, yeah, quick little tangent. Tell me what no, you told I don't want to talk about Justin Bean. No, you already mentioned you, yeah. Tell us what you so advised Justin to, Bean I was to talking do. to Justin Bean at the kickball field at Legacy, and it was the <laughs> night before he was going to announce, or it was the night he decided that that next morning he was going to announce he's going to the, the draft. And I said, dude, you don't even hear anything from me. But, like, just ball out. Everybody everybody hustles. But you balling out, just it, it counts more than everyone else. So, you know, just leave, leave nothing nothing on the table and just go to war. And then I walked out of that, like, he did not need to hear that from me. That was so <laughs> stupid. But I well, told him. But maybe maybe it did make an impact because have maybe, you seen his G League numbers? Maybe I lit a fire. Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> no. I, he he had enough of a fire lit. He did he did not need anything from me. But um, I, my advice to Danny Sprinkle is don't fall victim to oh crap I need to rebuild a roster. Let me spend some of my scholarships on transfer guys who their stock has risen not because they're great players but because they're available functional players in the transfer market you know i I think we see the transfer portal obviously give and taketh and there's a lot of guys too many guys that are in there that are going to get left behind but in terms of actual quality talent that is going to fit with your team and culture and really increase your chances of winning there there's less right and so you don't want to get carried away and oh let's give a scholarship to this dude who is going to come in and not be great for for the locker room, and he's not going to contribute. I think we saw that at a school down south this year for their basketball program. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 that, that's my uh, suggestion to Danny Sprinkle is, hey, like, yes, you know, you got your guys. You're offering these scholarships, especially if it's the guys he knows at Montana State. If you can get them, that's fantastic. But don't panic too much when you have some homegrown guys and some freshmen coming in. I would rather see Utah State have a down year in terms of rebuilding than have a average year but it's with a bunch of players that aren't really adding to the growth for the future yeah no i mean that's what you expect and what you need from a coach that's starting his own era his his own campaign here at utah state so it's going to be a lot of guys that have upside um and and fortunately it's you know, guys. Uh, guys like that are plentiful in the portal. There's pretty much any kind of stock in the portal right now. So now you just gotta win those recruiting battles and uh, make sure you know you're trusting the right source of information. You're doing the right scouting that these guys will fit your program well. I just got a text from front of the program, Jeff Hunter. Mm. He said thanks for the win. The queen, <laughs> the queen, the queen city needed that. So uh, my Rangers lost lost to Jeff Hunter's Reds. 
uh, they're now eight and fifteen. You know, so <laughs> tough loss for the Rangers, but I I'm happy for Jeff because you know he needs something to, to brighten his day because okay. it's been it's been a crappy season so far for the Reds. So sure. so good for you, Jeff. Good for you, especially with two games left that the Rangers are going to win. He, okay. he needs to get one. <laughs> um, I was reading today. They call Cincinnati the Queen City. Mm-hmm. Do you know why they call Cincinnati the Queen City? Can't say I do. I didn't either until I Googled it. Because <laughs> it kind of feels like some like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, know, a little right? bit, yeah. So they started calling it the Queen City back in the 1800s when they were settling it. Get this, because it's on the other side of the Appalachians. The Queen City of Cincinnati was like the Wild West for a stretch of time, you know? It was in the the Ohio Territory and, you know, that, sure. I mean, that it's, they still call it to this day the Midwest. Hey, I got an A in my eighth grade history, okay? Like, oh, you, okay, you, don't yeah. to, right, right. you don't need to belittle okay. me here. Okay, okay. <laughs> but anyways, they were trying to, this is just off of, like, two minutes of research. So if it's not completely accurate, I'm not a history major. I'm a history minor, okay? Okay. <laughs> and, but, so you, know, you did a they, minor's they worth of research, not a major. Exactly, group. exactly. Yeah. So they wanted Cincinnati to kind of be this gem of the West, right? Because it was considered kind of just chaotic and Wild West, even though it was before the real Wild West of, like, the real West where we are at. It was, it was Ohio, so it wasn't that wild. But I don't know, actually. Ohio's a weird place. The Midwest. The Midwest. And so pretty much they called it the mid. Queen City because it was the kind of the cultural and sophisticated hub Mm. of the west of the, the United States in the time. It was the Queen City. And it stuck. So true. It stuck. Wow. So that fun fact that you didn't need to know, I hope Daniel Greshik is listening because, you know, he's, he's now a member of the Queen City's football team. Bearcat. That's right. So um, let, let's uh, let's chat. Okay, tell us some of the dark side. And, and here's some maybe gray area first we can throw in here. Uh, the news that Max Scholga and Sean Barstow are going to follow Ryan Odom East to Virginia Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, sure, it maybe stung a little bit, but really, I mean, a great opportunity for those guys. Uh, you know, they were, they gave everything they had this last season. So, I don't know. What What do you take of that? Um, so I, I sent out a tweet last night, and I, I don't want to be that dude that's like, oh, I tweeted about this, but um, <laughs> I said, this is just how I feel. So I'm just going to read my tweet. I said, Sean Barristow and Max Schulga linking back up with Ryan Odom at VCU when they both had other options is a testament to how respected Odom is by his players. Really interesting to see how Cocho has rebuilt that roster. They have a shot of being a tournament team again this year. VCU fans picked up on that, so it got it some decent traction. It got like 6,000 uh, engagements. Or, yeah. Some knucklehead that's a VCU fan responded to it with a, and maybe just a little testament to the resiliency of VCU as a program. Mm. I wanted to respond to him. I do not care. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that because I, I take the high road. I take the high road online. Not on the radio, but yeah, online. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but, but seriously, man, like, I'm a Utah State account saying a nice thing about Coach O who mm-hmm. wanted to get out of here as quick as he possibly could. And, then and two of our players. He I was special about it. He throws in a jab. He throws in a jab. It gets the program. You know? And it's like, bro, I do not care. <laughs> VCU is a solid program. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't say it's resiliency as much as it is investment into the program, and they got a really good coach. Well, but they're they're a basketball school. They're you know, a basketball they're, not, they're not trying to divide their resources between a football team no. and a basketball school. I mean, they, they don't get the TV money that football brings in. Yeah, but they, sure. they, But you are right. They Men's basketball is king. And I would say it's king here, but it's like co-king. Yeah. Um, but anyways... 
Were you surprised that both Sean um, and Max decided to to go out the, together? I was a little. I mean, well, let me add here that you know, I it's pretty clear. You know, they're they're really good buddies. I think they've been roommates for a while now, um, and they've just you know they really connected. Obviously, being international students here and all that, they're 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 just great buds. So you know that that plays into it, obviously. And then the other thing there is that. You know, I think Shulga and Coach Odom had a huge connection there because Odom saw Shulga's potential, you know, day one, mm-hmm. started giving him more opportunities, uh, things like that. And part of that is just the growth that Shulga had. You know, it's not necessarily that Coach Smith didn't see that. It's just that, you know, Shulga developed more. Odom gave him the chances. So the Shulga move doesn't surprise me. And then that friendship doesn't surprise me that he was able to convince Sean. And I'm not saying that's how it went. I don't know for sure, but... That's kind of how I see it playing out because I think Sean um, was, you know, I would say just if I was in that position, I would be considering heading off to Europe or Australia or something and and start getting my bag in overseas basketball because, you know, he's a guy that those kind of teams want right now. Um, And so I was maybe a little bit surprised that he wasn't ready to just go professional. But I've, I like the move um, for, for both of these guys, and I think, like you said, they have a really good chance of being competitive this next year. I thought Max Shulga, that this wasn't based off of Intel, this was based off of, well, maybe a little bit, but I expected Max Shulga to be in Richmond with Coach Odom. Mm-hmm. You know, he probably would have transferred if Craig Smith stayed in Logan. I think he would have transferred out of the program, and he did. He did enter the transfer portal, and then Odom convinced him to come back. So, yeah. yes, it was a, it was a Craig Smith staff that recruited Max Schulga. It was but Ryan Odom's staff who nurtured him, yeah, right, and de- and helped him develop into who he is. So I, I'm not surprised Schulga passed up an offer from Xavier. He mm-hmm. could have joined. He could have been a rival to Stevo <laughs> in the Big East. What are they? The Musketeers or the, the Wildcats? Musketeers. That's right. That's right. Who's, who's the Wildcats? Villanova. I was getting mixed up. I don't know why. They're not that well, similar. Well, it's like the same colors. Yeah, and they're both like weird letters, you know? Like most yeah. teams don't start with it. So. A V and an X. Yeah, yeah. kind of like, I kind of associate. And they're like, Big East for, you Everything know. like W back, I kind of associate as like the same, like obscure <laughs> letters in the back of the alphabet. Sure. Um, they hang out together at the, they, hang out know, together. they eat lunch together. Yeah, yeah, and also those colors too, like the like black and anyways. Um, Max Shulga. Not surprised that he went, even though he passed up an offer from Xavier. You know, he's going to be a huge asset. I don't know how nationally how much people realize how incredible of a player Max Schulga yeah. is. Stephen Ashworth was the leading scorer and the best shooter. Well, it's Max been my Shulga, opinion. Let me just throw in here. Sure, really, go for it. It's been my opinion for a long time that uh, of the guys that Utah State had this season, he has the best chance <laughs> of making the NBA, Max Schulga. That's my opinion. I, it's not necessarily based on a ton of facts or whatever, mm-hmm. but he just has that, that that competitiveness and that drive. And then, obviously, he's just grown so much every single season that it's hard to think of his potential being limited right now. Well, I mean, Max has size, right? Like, yeah. He's not a 6'1 guard. He's a 6'4", 6'5 guard. Mm-hmm. So that that is good. He, he doesn't jump out of the gym, but he's very athletic. Mm-hmm. He's an incredible defender when he wants to be, which... He's a flashy passer. He's a flashy passer, and he's gotten more and more and more polished mm-hmm. and if you watch if you go back and watch Utah State games some of the most critical possessions when they needed a bucket 
was the hand that was the ball in Steve's hands? No, they went to Max Shulga. You know, dude's a dog. The games where he was on, I, d- I don't know. If there was a single game that Utah State lost that Max Shulga had at least 15 points. That's probably not true. But if we look back at the stats, the correlation between Shulga playing really well and Utah State playing really really well, that there's, there's got to be. I, I mean, the hypothesis has got to be uh, not the opposite of old, right? I it, I took stats a long time ago. <laughs> this is a game that you, um, I don't think you watched in person, but the Air Force game on Valentine's Day. And obviously, it's Air Force. They were having a down year. Um, and, you know, it's just a different kind of basketball. But there was a lot of guys really struggling in that game for Utah State. And that game was a lot closer than it should have been for a while until Max Shulga turned it on and just said, no, we're, we are not even flirting with a loss here tonight. Buried the Falcons along with my main man, Trevin Dorius, to get that W on Valentine's Day. So, like, he's, I just he has that ability to take over games. So it's a, it's a tough loss for Utah State, but he has so much potential. He could really end up being a notable alumni from Utah State. Not, not that he grabbed, you know, but sure. Yeah. I... I maybe not as high on you of thinking like, oh, I see him in the NBA. I don't I see him as a, like a, a star on uh-huh. him, but like a role player for sure. I, I would, I would that. if that if that happened, I think it would be tremendous. But what, he will play professional basketball somewhere and make a lot of money doing it. Mm-hmm. Sean Bersch, though, you mentioned the Europe thing. Obviously, there were rumors, hey, he's going to go to New Mexico, where his brother was. Yeah. I think the fan base will be happy he's not at New Mexico. Oh, very. Not very having much to so. worry about him competitively. Uh, I was I was surprised that he ended up at Richmond, but say the same thing as Max, somebody who wasn't recruited by Odom, but you could argue maybe was nurtured by Odom and his staff. So those are those are two guys that you know starters that Utah State lost. Also, Stephen Ashworth officially announced last week transferred to Creighton. I'm just gonna say this: Stephen Ashworth is a tremendous human being. Yep, he is awesome. We're gonna miss him. We're gonna miss his quotes. He always kept it real. But did he really have to go on the Jeb Goodman show? <laughs> to announce his, his decision like come on man that's your problem with it come on i maybe that's just a just post post your graphic and let's get on our way because here's what happened was i was busy it was like a tuesday mm-hmm. i had things to do yeah. but i was like shoot steve-o is announcing i knew it was gonna be creighton but you know we gotta watch it mm-hmm. and jeff goodman trying to small talk this guy for like 20, 10 minutes <laughs> it was driving me bonkers i think the dude Jeff Goodman loves himself some Jeff Goodman. It was driving me crazy. Like Steve O, just just get the just get the meme out there of you and the Creighton. I'm happy for him. I think he's gonna be awesome in that offense. I hope that he makes a huge run in the NCAA tournament and in the Big East. Really happy for Steve. And also rumors he got the bag in NIL, which is awesome. Go get the bag. This isn't back to our football conversation. This isn't Steve O getting five thousand dollars to buy his wife a, a nicer ring. This is what he's getting reportedly is six digit sum which is actually life changing money yeah. but Very he much also rumor based here by the way rumor know, based. i'm yeah. not reporting anything mm-hmm. but that's stuff that i've that i've read um so i'm, I'm happy for steven and i think he made a good decision but it, it's brutal for utah state you know their top six their top seven producers from last year you know trevin dorius kind of walked off into the sunset rj edelrock out of eligibility. Exhausted eligibility, yep. as did Dan Aiken, Aiken, Dan Aiken. Taylor Funk. And Taylor Funk. And then, you know, the team could be really good again next year if, you know, everyone stays. But Ashworth to Creighton, Shulga and Berstow to, to VCU. So. Sometimes you got to do what's right for you, man. 
Um, yeah. It hurts, you know. I, I love seeing them in Aggie Blue, but, you know, like, like I said, hope that they all find success. They're, they're great guys and incredible basketball players, so wish them all the and best. And then the last thing I'll add is we, we, are, we were critical, maybe questioning some of the logic with the football players. Yeah. I, it's you the same amount you of respect. Play, you so. can't play the same game with this. Like, I, Shulga and Berstow both gave a lot to this program, and they followed their coach. Stephen Ashworth did and the same. stayed a long time through stayed coaching changes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, through well, not bad season. They have a lot of good seasons, but but yeah, you yeah. know. So it's this isn't the same thing. This is them doing things for them that is probably going to help them with their professional stock and ultimately be more beneficial for them. So it, it hurts for the Aggie Nation to see him leave, but it, it, I w- I wouldn't call it head scratching, or I wouldn't if I was a fan, I wouldn't be bitter towards those guys. No, not at all. We got to take a break really quick. Be right back with the final 10 minutes of the Aggie Radio Sports Show. Stick around. Aggie Shuttle is now hiring students for the 2023 spring semester. Wages start at $13.50 with flexible hours. More information can be found at usu.joinhandshake.com under the Aggie Shuttle driver application. Ciao, it's me, Lightning McQueen, and you're listening to Aggie Radio, 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. Wow! Programming on Aggie Radio is brought to you by First Choice Imaging in Logan. Locally owned and operated, First Choice Imaging is an outpatient radiology facility that offers MRIs, CT scans, ultrasounds, and x-rays. The staff lives here and works here and believes you shouldn't have to choose between getting answers and paying for groceries. First Choice Imaging is located at 630 East, 1400 North, Suite 115. Your health, your money, your choice. More information is available at firstchoice-imaging.com. Welcome back to Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. I'm Jacob Nielsen alongside me, Jake Ellis. This is the Aggie Radio Sports Show presented by the Utah Statesman. Um, we're coming into our uh, our final segment. We don't really have segments. We kind of just go by touch and feel and, you know, make sure we get enough commercials in that our supervisor isn't mad at us. Um, you know, it, we, we spent most of the hour talking uh, football transfers, basketball transfers, Really, really juicy time with NIL and the transfer mm-hmm. portal. Lots to talk about, and you know we were kind of, I well, I wouldn't say we. I would say you, you speak and you get your points across. I like was kind of like going all over the place. But so, thank you for listening. Um, I want to bring up really quickly um, something that I had the opportunity of attending, which was the the USU Hall of Fame. This was not last Saturday, but the Saturday before, and so. The, I don't think we've been in studio since it occurred. And it, it, it was really cool because they honored, was it, was it eight women? I think seven. Right. Seven were there, but they honored eight in total, I want to say. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe it was six were there, seven in total. But the 2023 Utah State Athletics Hall of Fame class was all women, and it uh, is aligned with uh, the – what, 50-year anniversary of Title IX or whatever? Yeah, we're at um, the tail end uh, of that 50-year mark. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, Title IX is weird because 
it's one of the most broad legislations that has been interpreted in so many different ways. And I, I think it would have been a better service to women's sports at the NCAA level if it was more specified because it would have forced universities' hands to, you know, made it more established. But I want to talk specifically about one lady at the USU Hall of Fame, and that's Marilyn Weiss. Marilyn Weiss came to Utah State in 1975. The little history lesson from a history minor. Utah State established the women's basketball program. They had women's basketball, but it was at the intramural level. They established it at, it wasn't the D1 level at the time, but the AWIW, which was essentially the D1 level, under Fern Gardner in, I want to say, 68, 1968. She stayed until 1975, and then she left to Utah like Craig Smith did. Marilyn Weiss comes in, becomes the women's athletic director at Utah State, She's in charge of softball, volleyball, gymnastics, and women's basketball. The school, Utah State, was broke because they had spent all their money on this building the Spectrum and building um, Maverick Stadium, but Romney Romney Stadium at the time, and so they they didn't have any money or weren't willing to allocate any money to women's sports. And Marilyn Weiss came in and was like, "You're paying me. You're giving the budget fifty thousand dollars a year to." pay coaches, pay facilities, literally everything, like 50K for the entire budget. And you know what she did with that? She won all three of the national championships in Utah State history. She hired two different volleyball coaches who won a national championship. Then they went on to be co-national champion, or excuse me, runner-ups at the next NCAAs. And then the, the softball coach was this dude that was I, I want to say he was a Marine. He was some form of military. He was uh, working. He was a graduate student at Utah State, though. And he walked into Mary Louise's office and said, can I coach the softball team? She's like, yes, we need a coach. He goes and wins a national championship. <laughs> Kelly Phipps or Lloydine Cyril? I don't Which know. One? I don't know. Well, one of those about. two. Um, but anyways, tremendous lady who did a lot with nothing and she kind of was buried in the history books because something really infamous happened in the program in 1981, I want to say. In 1978, Marilyn Weiss filed a complaint to the NCAA about Title IX, about, hey, like, there is no sort of equality with the programs here. Like, um, and she specified in housing, in travel, in amenities, and everything, there was a lack of financial equality. And... The, they didn't investigate it until 1981. In 1981, she decided to resign. And alongside her did every coach that she had hired except for one. Do you know who that one was? Ray Korn, gymnastics. Stays be, is an Aggie legend. That was the one women's sport that they really decided to invest in at the time. Yeah. And I think because of that, because she resigned and all the coaches followed her, she was kind of buried in Aggie history, even though she literally hired the coaches and led the program that has Utah State's three national championships. Finally, because of some work of the, the history department at USU and the athletics has done, they've done a better job of kind of making sure the history is written correctly. She was identified as someone who deserves to be in the Aggie Hall of Fame. And so she was there in person to accept her reward. And she was, uh, she gave a great speech. And I, I, I got a quote from that. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Um, this is from our story on, on USUstatesman.com. 
from Madison Weber. Um, I look back and reminisce and wonder. I wonder how it was done, but it wasn't impossible. I started with that. Nothing is impossible. I didn't want just an intramural program. I really wanted a top-level program, and to get to that, I knew I started with great coaches. Tonight, I'd like to dedicate this award to those athletes, coaches, and volunteers. Thank you for letting me reminisce. It has been a great honor and privilege to be here tonight. It was awesome to be there in person and listen to her. The other women were great. All of them were athletes, and, you know, they had awesome stories. But Marilyn Weiss was, like, she was a little, she was a firecracker. Like, she was awesome. Um, and so shout-outs to her. She's not listening. <laughs> shout-outs to Marilyn Weiss. Um, and to, to athletics for, you know, getting her the recognition that she deserves because literally without her, Utah State doesn't have national championships. Without her, this culture of women's sports isn't really here. And, you know, there's still growing pains. And there, there's different arguments of, you know, hey, men's basketball and football are the, the, the money makers, so they deserve more resources. And I, there, I think there's viability to that. But overall, the fight for Title IX and define women's sports at Utah State, she was a trailblazer. And so shout out to Marilyn Weiss, shout out to Athletics for honoring her, and that's what I got to say about that. Yeah, plenty of uh, of great little recaps here on each athlete that was honored, along with Weiss, and uh, read that story on usustatesman.com. Um, it's just that Hall of Fame event is always just a great night because so so great you didn't didn't even bother to show <laughs> up. Hey, I mean. A guy has is graduating this semester. Cut me some slack, please. <laughs> I have some things going on, but fair, um, fair. I just I just know from from going to last year's and and then reading about this one, it's just it's always a really cool opportunity to kind of reminisce and look back and, and learn about these people's experiences and, and what they were able to do uh, for Utah State. My my one criticism of the event: there's no refreshments. <laughs> It's very much a refreshment vibe event. This is very it feels much like a, a fireside. Comment. It feels like, like a fireside. It feels like a church fireside. Okay. Because, you know, you got to dress up, you go to this nice place, and you sit there and listen to people talk for three hours, eh, an hour and a half, two hours. Then you walk out, you want some brownies or cookies or something. There's nothing. So my, my suggestion to athletics, you know, especially if it's a smaller, a smaller group like it was that, that last time, you know, like – Get us some refreshments at the at the Hall of Fame event. That's that's all that's all I'm asking. You pay some more for your ticket if you had refreshments. Uh, I got them free media, baby. Mm. But I, I still want the amenities. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, one more small thing to throw in here at the end of the show. Another story I think you guys should check out this week in the Statesman. It's the mental toll on college athletes from Madison Weber, uh, who will be next year's sports editor of the Statesman. And uh, just a couple things that stood out to me, and I think you should go online and read this story, but uh, it will be published on Thursday, by the way, sorry. It's not online just yet, but if you are on campus, grab a piece of paper and read it um, or check it out Thursday. Uh, follow the Statesman Sports Desk on Twitter to know when that, that's up. But uh, just this one thing, a study from the NCAA in 2021 showed 24% of male and 36% of female athletes felt quote so depressed that it was difficult to function unquote like this is a, a serious problem we've we've heard this uh for uh, a couple of years now it's starting to build momentum and and how mental health is important uh to take that seriously for the college athletes especially um but it hasn't really been quantified for me until i read this story so i think it was really a good read there and while we're talking about 
you know, how people are making decisions about the transfer portal and what's right for their future. Um, it is important to just, you know, recognize, like, these student-athletes are trying to do what's best for them, and they have commitments and obligations and things like that. And so it's just – I just reading this story – brought it into a new new light for me refresh that vision and uh i just really respect uh all the the student athletes here at utah state well said young jake ellis you know they're they're you know they're dealing through a lot a lot on their plate um i i think there's sort of a epidemic nationally of mental well-being and uh, that that's a conversation for another time but you know that, that that i mean those statistics are real i don't know how they compare with regular people non athletes but the NCAA a quarter of males and a third of females or over a third of females felt like you said quote so depressed that it was difficult to function I mean that's that's an issue no, no matter what the the root of the problem is it's it's a huge problem so I mean that's yeah, dozens so, of 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 theoretical Utah State athletes yeah. you know I'm not sure how the data lines up here at USU but nationally that that's what that is so I I would say um compassion is something that needs to be kept in mind with uh, with everything that's happening with student-athletes and now they have greater ability to make their own choices with where they want to be and uh, the resources available to them. So, I mean, they, have they love the fan support. You know, every, every athlete I've interviewed has been, you know, grateful for the fans, grateful to the students that come out and, and show, show support. Um, but just keep it in mind, you know, that this is a game and that these college athletes are trying their best to represent this university before you, you take to Twitter. You sound like a, a sign at a little league softball. Team. <laughs> yeah. One of those, uh, Hey, don't, don't do this because we've had the cops called to this field exactly. way too many times. Yeah. That's, that's what you sound like right now. <laughs> well, I'm sorry for preaching. I know we're usually a joke and show. So no, 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 it's good. <laughs> we, we need some preaching from, from young Jake Ellis. I appreciate that. Um, I, what else do we got? That's time. We gotta wrap it. We gotta wrap it up. Anything I, else you want to add? Real I quick? would like to be back next week for for grad week, perhaps. And, uh, one last because we're both graduate. I would mm-hmm. like to run it back. I don't know if we can Monday night. We'll see. We'll that's, see. That's on you. Okay. But um, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, have a good night. Yeah.